0: Listening to
1: Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today, with your hosts Joe Drugin and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it.
0: Well, hello, Craig. Happy uh, Happy Friday to you. Oh, back for another week of fun and games. And games, and I got to uh, and I got to see you for lunch today, which was nice because. Uh, it's your birthday this weekend, so that's right. I that's... turn
1: thirty. So he's so old. He's so much older than me.
0: Dirty thirty. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Sorry about the delay for those of you watching live. I had to go out and get hashtag emergency pizza. That um, I'm.
1: Yeah, I love how automatically it's just assumed that it's me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I
1: love that. I kind of was. The... The fat kid wants pizza. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could eat some pizza right
0: now. <laughs> uh, so, the reason that it took so long is because I am a bit of a pizza snob. Yes, and you are a hashtag snob. I am a huge, I am a pizza hipster because uh, I, I grew up in the Northeast where we have real pizza. And uh, so, there's, a, there's only one place that I will go to to get pizza, and it is uh, T- Tony's New York Pizza. In uh, Fair Lakes, if anyone,
1: if anyone from Tony's is listening, we are looking for a sponsor.
0: Exactly
1: (laughs) for Nats Talk on the Go. Seriously, just Uh, slide a couple pies over our way, we'll be good.
0: No one will get hurt. Yeah, no, don't even need money. Just, just free pizza. Uh, But I, you know, I I love the New York style pizza. Love the the thin crust, crispy one with the Sicilian today. Oh yeah, and got to be honest. Flavor's very good.
1: A little soggy. Oh, no. Well, you got it takeout, right? I did get it takeout. Well, that's the problem. Because I it know. sits in the box. Yeah. And it just it steams itself. Well, that's it's... true. Like, it does
0: steam itself and get all goopy. Trust me. I know about pizza. Fat kid knows <laughs> pizza. But the flavors are delicious. So maybe if you get it there, it wouldn't be so bad. It's true. But I did definitely get an entire Sicilian pizza for myself. So that's fine.
1: You know what? Uh, One time I was with my brother, and we got two Little Caesars Hot and Ready pizzas, and we ate them both. (laughs) Nice. I actually ate nine slices of pizza that day.
0: God bless America.
1: Yep. Hashtag Craig's a fat kid.
0: That is a lot of pizza. Oh, God. Oh, Uh,
1: it was not a pleasant rest of the day.
0: (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so quick shout out. If you're watching on the, on the YouTube or if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you'll notice my new avatar is, uh, should be up with today's Hangout. And that was courtesy of, uh, MD underscore DC on Twitter. He just did that totally unprompted. And I laughed very hard and then made it my avatar everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, just wanted to do that quick shout out. Uh, alright. So I guess there's baseball to talk about. Are we done with banter? Uh, I mean, it, do you have things to band about? Well, <laughs> to band. <laughs> I was going to say we're never actually done with banter. No, I mean, the whole the whole show is banter. Yeah. But it's fun. It's fun banter. Uh, yeah, so anything else? No more banter uh, for you? I mean, I, I guess not. Okay. I uh, oh, like uh, Date
1: Night with Craig and Joe.
0: This is like Date Night with Craig and Joe. I'm a huge fan. And, I yeah, I see you twice today. Twice today, and yeah, it's good. Uh, so, of course, after we recorded the last episode of Nats Talk on the Go, the Nats made a trade within an hour. Oh, yeah, Im- immediately. <laughs> yeah. I I went downstairs away from my phone after the show, and I had done, done editing, and I came up and had a text message to be like, so, Ben Revere. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So... Uh, we decided to wait a week rather than go on and do like the 25-minute hit the next day like we usually do because we figured there'd be more things to talk about and there are a few more. So uh, Ben Revere is now the Washington Nationals center fielder, uh, and he was acquired for Drew Storen. So as we kind of predicted, I think we talked about it last week uh, when talking about the bullpen, whether or not it'd be Storen or, Pap- or Papelbon, and I, I said I know I said that I was sure that Storen would be gone. Um, and then Mike Rizzo, obviously listening to the live show, decided to make that move.
1: Yep, it definitely happened in like the 30 minutes right after the live
0: broadcast yeah. ended. So, uh, so what are your thoughts on the Revere trade? Do you think that he is an adequate Denard Span replacement, and how do you think he fits in with the uh, with the lineup?
1: Well, as we talked about last week, he's not actually a Denard Span replacement because Denard Span really didn't play last year. Um, so you yep. have more of a Michael A. Taylor replacement. And I think it's a, a really shrewd move. I like it. Uh Drew Storen's time, obviously, as we've discussed, quite numbered in DC uh, just because he's gotten replaced several times, not really reacted well. He's folded in some big moments and he was the typical change of scenery kind of guy. And, Toronto had a glut of outfielders, and um, they had a need for a closer. So it was actually a pretty perfect fit, especially with the Nationals uh, striking out on, like, uh, Jason Hayward earlier in the offseason. So I think it's a good fit. I think um, Ben Revere is not my kind of player. He's not the highest on-base percentage guy, but he's a hitter, he's a contact guy, and he's a speed guy. So you like seeing that. Uh, two out of three ain't bad, um, for a center fielder, just getting the speed, getting the contact ability, because with the speed, you know, you're going to get on base. You're going to force the other team to make errors. So I think he's better than I thought he was, honestly. Like when you actually look at the numbers, I mean, he hit over 300 last year. and
0: For the last three years.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty good. And I'm... Drew Storen wasn't going to be a national. So the hope was just to get something of value for him, uh something untrue, and they <laughs> definitely did. So, oh god,
0: that's such a good one. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Uh so I I I like the move more than I did when it initially happened, but um there was no chance of Storen sticking sticking around, so uh it wasn't like you know I hadn't already said goodbye to Drew Storen in my heart of hearts. So uh Ben Revere hitter like that like the speed I'm really excited to see uh, Davy Lopes working with Ben Revere. I think totally that's going to be a, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to see some stolen bases this year and that's going to be great. He is the Revere had stolen 31, base kind of guy.
0: He had 31 stolen bases in 2015. He had 49 in 2014.
1: Yeah, I think so, it's going to be more than that 31 for sure. I think
0: so too. I think that especially with a guy like Davy Lopes and and uh, uh Dusty Baker is, is gonna want to run and uh and that is definitely a net positive gain from from Denard Span is, is base stealing ability. Um, but like you said, he's not replacing Denard Span. He's replacing Michael Taylor, and that's what I was saying last time. I just did not see a last episode, I just did not see a way that the Nationals weren't going to make a move for another outfielder. I just don't think they believe that Michael Taylor is ready for that job yet. Um And I think that this move shows that. And not to mention, and like you said, and I said this to to a co-worker, coworker earlier today, it, Drew Storen was always leaving. Mm-hmm. So when you could turn a guy that was always leaving into a starting center fielder who has hit above 300 for the last three seasons, you've done well. Um, and his on-base percentage last year was uh, the highest it's been in his career.
1: Yeah, I think um, it was north of
0: 250, right? No, I, I think you mean 350, but it was that's, not. Yeah, I, I can do numbers. It was, it was, it was 342, so it was close. Oh, okay. Uh, and you know, yes, that's buoyed by the fact that he hits 306 last year, but that 306 batting average is not a flash in the pan situation. His last four years of batting average is 306, 306, 305, 294. He makes a lot of contact. And so, when you have a guy that makes a lot of contact that maybe doesn't uh, have a very good walk rate, there is an advantage there. Now he hits for absolutely no power at all, but with the speed he has at the top of the lineup, I, I like the move. I the more I think about it, the more I like it. Like you said, he's not my traditional kind of you know high on base percentage. I really like it, really like the you know like it as a sabermetric move, but I like the move yeah it's it's a it's a fine move it's
1: better than seeing Bryce Harper in center field that's for sure um the big gripe i mean his defense isn't what it used to be obviously cuz yeah. you know the older a player gets the worse your defense generally is going to get especially when you're uh trying to cover a lot of ground um he has a noodle arm yeah he can't throw like pretty sure i have a better arm than he does
0: yeah but he knows that
1: yeah he knows that but So as long as he can be somewhat accurate and I mean, the great news is you're looking at a shortstop in Danny Espinosa that can be a cutoff man that has uh, a frickin' rocket launcher attached to his
0: shoulder. Absolutely.
1: So um, he's smart enough to utilize that. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem, but it puts Michael A. Taylor uh, in a position that's going to suit him incredibly well as a fourth outfielder where He can be a starter. He can play three times a week and rotate around the outfield and provide quality defense, a little bit of pop, and, you know, really get comfortable because, you know, that's the kind of player. he's. We talked last week about how he's not a a starting caliber kind of player. You know, his breakout season would be like 270, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at a really solid late-inning defensive replacement uh, slash, you know, backup starter for center field, which is incredibly valuable.
0: Yeah, and not to mention when you have a guy like Revere, as we discussed, he he is not the rangiest center fielder in the world. And uh, Jason Worth, who is not no longer rangy at all in the outfield, you have defensive replacement for late innings when you have a lead. And Michael Taylor is the perfect situation. You put Taylor in center field. And then you put Revere in left, and all of a sudden, Revere going from center to left makes him a make makes him less of an issue late. And uh, all of a sudden, that outfield looks a little a little bit better as a late inning defensive replacement. So, um, I, I like the move in all those in all those ways. I think it it moves the lineup around in the right way. And uh, Michelle just asked, and so I want to hit the point now. Um, she asked if I'm more optimistic about the season now. There's a Move was made, and I think yes, <laughs> I I'm going to qualify that by saying that I'm still not super optimistic, but I think that the move slots players into places where they should be. Before uh, a guy like Ben Revere joined the Nationals, there was nobody to be to put at the top of the lineup. There, like the best option was probably <laughs> Anthony Rendon, and it was not a good one. Jason Worth. Jeez, two years ago, yeah, uh, but not anymore. Sorry, Beard. I know. I'm sorry. Oh but, wow, Beard's gonna get on Joe this time, and not me. I know. That's weird. I know. It's such a weird thing. I, somebody actually in the questions asked me to uh, give some worth projections, which we'll do. Oh, I think it was the Dan. Um, but I think that that it gives me more confidence to have Revere at the top of the lineup. That then you could have whoever was leaning, going to lead off. And I think it probably would have been worth a Rendon to get back down into a spot. Anthony Rendon to me is the perfect number two hitter. He's perfect. Yes. So the fact that you could put him second, have Harper third, the cleanup hitter spot is still, there's not an option for that for the nationals at the moment. Um, I, I guess it now today, assuming a hundred percent health, it's probably Ryan Zimmerman, yeah. but you know, is he healthy? Is he going Is he even capable of hitting twenty five home runs it's, anymore? It's let your alone thirty. standard Ryan
1: Zimmerman questioning.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and then below that 50, probably have uh, Daniel Murphy. Yeah, and then six probably worth maybe Ramos, and then seven, whichever one of those guys wasn't six, <laughs> and then yep. having Daniel Espinosa, eight. And I think that that's a better lineup than whatever they were putting out before Ben Revere was on the team so yes. i I would have to say yes mm-hmm. um that it does make me more optimistic
1: yeah um what about you i I don't feel like getting into it right now um okay <laughs> yeah I just I don't know i'm I'm in a different place with it right now I guess it's i'm I'm nervous that the nationals window is. More closed than we would like it.
0: Right, like we talked about last week. Yeah.
1: So I'm just I'm not as optimistic. I think it definitely makes the lineup better, um, but there's just still so many question marks going yep. into the season. So um, I'm not optimistic or pessimistic. I'm just kind of waiting. You're, is- you're istic. I'm just istic. Yeah. I'm I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> Perfect. Um, um, yeah. Uh, What do you think about Drew Storen's tenure in DC?
0: Yeah, I I definitely wanted to spend some time on this. It was, and I think it was Andrew Flax that said it. And I I don't have the quote right in front of me, so I'm not going to try to quote it. But he said something along the lines of, you know, it's, he kind of got a raw deal, but, and he was, seems like a really good guy, but I'm not sad to see him go. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, I spent, a lot of time, I mean, like four years <laughs> defending Drew Storin because I think it was worth defending because I think that he has massive potential and I think that he has the ability to be one of the two best relievers or closers at Major League Baseball. I think he could be that good. um, But he's not right now. Yeah. He's just not. And you're right, as you said earlier, he's a perfect change-of-scenery candidate, and hopefully he leaves and he has lots of success in the American League with a team that was extremely good last year. And, yeah, I just... But I I wish him the best. He seemed like a really good guy. One of my favorite Drew Storr moments is after 2012 Game 5, he stayed at that locker and answered any question anybody had, and yep. he stood there and just took it in the mouth.
1: Yeah, and... Uh, I. Th- I want to say it's uh, James O'Hara at next year. DC uh, might be someone else. If it's someone else, let me know. But as much as we love Drew Storen, I think James O'Hara said of the top five worst moments in Nats last, what? 11 years of baseball. Three of them have been at the hands of Drew Storen.
0: I think that was James. I think you're right.
1: And like, he's going to go down in history for nationals as a divisive player just because what you said, great guy. He was really a great, fantastic closer, but he had some of the biggest meltdowns slash big moment failings of any professional athlete. I mean, look at the kicker for the Vikings last weekend. I mean, yeah. Oh, that kind of thing. Like, he did that multiple and, and times. And Storrens
0: had it multiple, yeah, multiple he did that
1: times. Multiple times. And yeah, so it's hard to separate the man from the, I guess failings is the only word, the, the, the blowups, but it was big moments that he just wasn't able to get the job done. And it's like we've said before, at some point you gotta go with on field. And I mean, once is a, a fluke, twice is, Kind of sketchy. Three times is, I don't want to say a trend,
0: but something's not right there. Well, and no. after the 2012 situation, you know, yes, there were issues, obviously, that were in Drew Storen's head or in his mechanics or in his, in his health. But uh, let's not pretend like the organization did him any favors with how they handled the situation. He, Of course. Blew, he blew it up in 2012 to end the season. In 2013, in the offseason, they went out and got Rafael Soriano, who by all accounts was a past-his-prime closer, but he wasn't Drew Storen. And so, you know, whoever decided to make that deal did. Drew Storen melted down at the beginning of the year and got sent down to the minor leagues. Came back up and was incredibly good. Then in 2014, he had issues. And then he finally had the chance again in 2015, and they went out and got Jonathan Papelbon. So it's like they... They just never gave him after that 2012 moment, they never gave him the chance to recover. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm not sure. I tend to lean it's, on the side of wrong. Yeah. But, I tend to lean on the side of business. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it's a business and they, it's an, and it's an emotional business. Whoever was in the front office or in the ownership group that started the whole thing by saying, go get Rafael Soriano decided that they had, it made an emotional decision that they no longer trusted Drew Storen because of one game. Right. And that changed everything. And then it happened again two years later. Yeah. So so his, his legacy
1: in DC is going to be interesting. I mean, obviously we, we wish him success and everything except when they play the Nats, but I don't um, think they do. Yeah. In World world, world Series. series, Yeah. yeah. Um, But I mean, I wish him the best and I hope he does well, but you know, I'm not sorry to see him go either.
0: Yeah. I, I I wish that I could say that I was, but I I just defended him so vehemently against people for so many years that it gets to a point where I just I can't there's I can't defend it anymore. Right. So And so I, you know, wish him the best of luck, but uh yeah, that's that's how that's the end. So final thing on him, where do you think he fits uh in there? And they're a bullpen. Do you think he closes? I think he closes. I think he does too. Yeah, definitely. I think, I I think that it's just a smart, and I think that's the smart move. I think you bring him in a guy who's proven that he could do the job. 2011 had 42 saves, I believe, and had, and and with an incredibly low ERA. Um, you kind of take the change of scenery from the top and say, you're our guy and you're going to close in Toronto, period, and see what happens. And I think that's the smart way of going about it. Definitely. So, all right. Uh, so, other interesting little development from from Natstown that came up, and I don't want to spend too, too much time on this, but it, we certainly have to talk about it. Uh, former Nat's pitching coach Steve McCaddy, who was at the helm of the Washington Nationals pitching staff for how many years? Okay. Since since Maniacta. A lot of years. I mean, he was in D.C. as a major league pitching coach for a very long time. He tried to get the pitching coach job uh, with the Tigers because that's close to home for him, and he would have gone to be with Jordan Zimmerman. He did not get that job. And now he's a single-A pitching coach in the Indians uh, system. Yeah, That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than that's super bizarre. Like, I, yeah. can't, I can't imagine a, a circumstance under which... A pitching coach who, by all accounts, did an incredibly good job of handling pitching extremely good pitchers uh, over the course of many, many years. Whether it's the beginning of Steven Strasburg's career, the beginning of Jordan Zimmerman's career, the prime of Max Scherzer's career, the uh, prime of Gio Gonzalez's career. I know I'm missing missing people, uh, but he handled a lot of really good arms and did a good job at it. And to and get a single-aid job just seems... Weird. Yeah, it's. Where's the where's the team located? I don't know. It's I I believe it's in the Indians organization, if I remember correctly. But yeah, maybe it's really he really wanted to be close to home. And this team is close to home. Right. Um, It could
1: also be a situation like. um, He is a single a pitching coach, but he's first on
0: the depth chart, you know. Yeah, they to get a guy in the organization and you know he's making more than anybody on that uh on that staff, even the manager of the single A team.
1: Right? So it's it's an interesting move. Um maybe he wanted to get back to his roots, maybe it was this is the job we have right now, but we want you and you're next. Uh we don't like our pitching coach and we want you, but we're not allowed to fire him yet.
0: Yeah, I mean that's Give us
1: till June. Yeah.
0: That's possible. Um, yeah. He's with the Lake County Captains. Oh,
1: Lake County, yeah, that's Cle- that's that's right outside of Cleveland. That's yeah.
0: So it's it's close to the big club, which that makes sense. Yeah. So um,
1: I I would have a feeling it's a I'm gonna s- just slide into the Indians DMs just like that.
0: Yeah. Just
1: have a guy close just in case. Yeah. And he's from um, Detroit, so that gets him closer to home. Yeah. So uh, I- I- interesting move, but yeah just just weird to go from this. good for him enjoy going to uh the bowling green hot rods
0: nice and just in, enjoy riding the bus a lot yeah oh gosh yeah, see see Boulder yes uh so a a and a thing we talked about last week we talked about the you know the whole conversation about the nas trading possibly trading Gio Gonzalez for their center fielder we obviously know how that turned out uh, they got their center fielder without having to trade him but um It turns out that there are multiple reports now. John Heyman reported it before, and now someone out of, the, I think, the Miami Herald reported, Joe Fisario maybe, um, that said that the Nationals really did make an, a, an offer to the uh, Marlins in order to try to get Christian Yelich to play in the outfield for the Washington Nationals uh, in 2016. And Ju Gonzalez was part of that piece. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on that uh, a push for Christian Yelich that involved Gio Gonzalez and how reasonable was it even
1: uh well i would have to see what else was a part of the deal because there's no way that's all the nationals would be giving yeah, up no way it would be some pieces yeah cuz yelich is going to be one of the premier power hitters in the national league in uh what wh- when does the season start in yeah, April? Yeah, yeah, then. Then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, then, That, that's when. Yeah. Um, uh, Yelich is a great player. Uh, obviously, Gio's got that Miami connection. So I'm not surprised that, you know, they kind of, Miami needs all the goodwill they can because they're, they really have one of the worst owners in sports.
0: Yeah, it's very high on the list.
1: I mean, I think right now he's just slightly above Stan Kroenke. Joe has no idea who Stan Kroenke is.
0: No, I'm currently eating pizza. Oh, nice.
1: Uh, owner of the now Los Angeles Rams?
0: I knew the answer, but, you oh, know, well, there you go.
1: Yeah, oh, pizza, that's fine. Um, so it would definitely have involved some Nationals prospects uh, that Mike Rizzo probably would be hesitant to give up. I would be okay with giving up yeah. most of the prospects. I mean, don't touch Giolito, and you can take Gio, and hell, will even throw in, you know, Michael A. Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I would be Gilles, very okay with that trade. it's is
0: real, real good. And yeah. he's a, with very limited opportunities, he's a below-average center fielder, but he could do the job, and that's probably what the Nationals were thinking at the time. Yeah, he, he um, would
1: make up for any defensive deficiencies with massive amounts of power.
0: Like all of it. Yes. <laughs> the, the, he, oh my God, God.
1: Harper and Yelich.
0: Yeah, Ugh. I know, it's,
1: and I mean they've got they've got Yelich uh, and Stanton, so that's it's just a pretty as good impressive. punch, yeah. one two
0: punch or three four punch or whatever. But uh, the still the most remarkable thing that I've ever seen with Christian Yelich was when I was um, I was on the field for batting practice for a, for a game a couple years back. And Yelich was doing bad. It was was hitting batting practice, and he hit a ball further than I've ever seen anybody hit a ball in the history of time. It went it it went onto the con, the center field's concourse. Yes. I mean, it, it, at Nationals Park, it was insane. I mean, like up where Shake Shack is, I'm not even kidding. It. it. Was the practice. I uh, had some
1: Shake Shack on uh, Sunday night. That, that was really so good. God, it was Sunday. really good. I had let's see what it have on it. It had. I think there was some cheese on there, so we're going for food sponsors. Let's see. There was. uh Oh, there was. Did this, you just say I think there was some cheese on there? There's some cheese. I think it was like a pepper jack, maybe. <laughs> um, there was uh. bacon. There was definitely bacon, and then they had this like, uh, kind of this homemade ranch. Oh man, it was really good.
0: Yeah, it's very. I t- went t- before t- I t-
1: saw Ovechkin score his 500th goal. So.
0: And 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 what other goal?
1: Uh, and 501st. And yeah, right. Yeah, that, that whole thing. And you want a hockey stick. But, yes, I did. You know, that's neither here nor, here nor there. Because I'm uh, charming.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: And I have boyish good looks. looks. Uh, yeah,
0: so <laughs> it would have taken, taken a lot more than geo for yelling. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah but, yeah, yeah, we got food. Food always distracts the Nats talk on the go, guys. Um, um, but it would have been oh, man. a real thing.
1: I was just thinking about when we did our live show and at, uh, a Nats fan brought bonjour and chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Man.
0: And at Minnesota nicer made phenomenal marks. Dude. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, baseball. Yeah. So Yelich is good, but it would have taken a lot more than Gio Gonzalez. Next topic. Next topic. <laughs> uh, so Ian Kennedy was a was a thing that we were going to talk about last week, but I'm pretty sure we ran out of time, so we didn't talk about it all that much. Uh, if we did it all, but Ian Kennedy's on the trading on the uh, on the free agent block, I should say, and uh, I think that he is a guy who, if you slot him at the bottom half of the Nationals' uh, pitching rotation, he would do really well. I think mm-hmm. that he fits that mold well of a four or a five that can throw really hard and strike a lot of guys out. Uh, but he's tied to a qualifying offer and that would make me inclined to not want to go near him. Do you agree? I agree. The Nationals have already uh, lost a pick. Yeah. Um, with the- if it wasn't for the Murphy thing, I would have probably had a different opinion on it, but I don't want it to happen with another top pick. Um,
1: yeah, and it looks like, uh, he's actually nearing a deal with the Royals right now as we speak. So, well, there you I, don't go. Think that, I don't think that's going to happen, but it actually goes to one of our questions that we got. Um, I don't remember who it was. Maybe you can look it up as I ramble on. Um, but if our rotation is set at, you know, Scherzer, Strath, blah, 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 and then Ross and Roark.
0: It was uh, Daniel Guzman,
1: our okay. our
0: friend Quo Vadimus.
1: Ah, yes. So, what, what about a platypus? Yes. It's actually an Italian airline. Oh, yes.
0: Oh, God. So good.
1: Yeah, I'm crushing <laughs> the references tonight.
0: The question was uh, Will the team roll out a rotation uh, of Max Strauss, Gio, Ross Roark? Is that it? And should fans be concerned? And that kind of ties into the. the yeah, whole that kind of ties Kennedy. in. I
1: don't think it's going to be Ian Kennedy. Um, I think there's going to be another move. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think that Rizzo's done with the rotation, uh, and I think the odd man out is going to be Tanner Roark. And I know you agree with me. Yeah, um, I think the best signing out there uh, for the Nationals that would fit right in that five hole is actually Cliff Lee.
0: Ah, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: Man. I mean, he's looking for a one year deal. He's looking for a deal with a contender he's not going to cost a lot of money he's going to cost you know 6-7 million dollars with a um, boatload of incentives with a boatload of incentives that if he's healthy he could reach which everyone would be fine with because the incentives would mean he'd be doing really well exactly um but i really like that but i also would not rule out rizzo doing something insane like signing giovanni garardo
0: yeah it's I, certain- it,
1: wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, Rizzo's done crazier things.
0: Well, especially as the offseason goes on and guys like Gallardo, who everybody kind of was like, oh, yeah, he'll get a deal real quick, did not get a deal.
1: He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting.
0: And that could work to the Nationals' advantage to getting a person like that. So, And I, I would think not that- be
1: opposed to signing someone like Giovanni Gallardo, who's uh, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you could sign him for four years and 75, and that's a... That's a darn good deal.
0: Especially now. Uh, and when you're not going to go for Ian Kennedy, and I don't think you should at this point, I think that with the rotation as currently constructed, the Nationals, they need, something else is required.
1: I think something else is required, but I don't believe that if nothing happens, we should be alarmed.
0: No, no, I would agree. Uh, Which is, but, I
1: believe, the second part of that question.
0: Yeah, um... I don't think Alarmed should – there's a legitimate chance we see Lucas Giolito in 2016. I think we are. I think um, we are. So to to go crazy and go get somebody huge for $150 million is just not the cards and doesn't make any sense. It makes no you sense. Because you have a lot of guys you're going to have to pay going forward, and it's not one of your biggest needs. Um, but I do think that the Nationals are active on the market. As m- How many times have you heard Mike Rizzo say you can never have enough pitching?
1: No. I mean, look at every single year that any baseball team has ever been in
0: existence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I like the idea. I really like the idea of a Cliff Lee move. I know that there was a conversation that uh, the Nationals were involved in, a, a Cliff Lee conversation months ago i don't know what happened there, hopefully something else comes up uh, in that conversation because I think he would be a really good fit, like you said a, a an inexpensive but in like like you said six to seven million dollar base major league deal with five to ten million dollars in incentives yeah um, you know just a crazy amount of incentives, so we can get him you know a fifteen sixteen million dollars if he if he exceeds all expectations um. But that would probably involve like finishing top three in Cy Young or something, you know? Right, which,
1: uh, which, I'd be okay with that. Oh yeah, me too. Um, so Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think the rotation's done. I think there's going to be another signing. Um, it wouldn't shock me if it's a player like Ian Kennedy or, you know, like a Corey Kluber or not Corey Kluber. There's, I would, I would love Corey Kluber. Kluber. (laughs) Uh, There was a, I don't know, Corey something, I forget. Uh, I was looking at the list, and I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be good. Um, Lubke. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, pl- I wouldn't be surprised if it's a player like that, or I wouldn't be surprised if it was a, a, a splashy, waiting-to-sign kind of guy like Giovanni Gallardo. I would not be surprised either way because Mike Rizzo is crazy as hell.
0: Yes, he is.
1: Um, so uh, either way, I don't think that, it, that Nationals fans should be concerned if, for some reason— The opening day rotation involves Tanner Roark, because I think one of the problems that Tanner Roark had last year is one of the same problems that Ross Detweiler had. He didn't have a defined role and he jumped back and forth. I think if Tanner Roark knows at the start of spring training, you are going to be a starter this year and he can have a six week spring training where he is strictly a starter. I think that's going to help him mentally and physically Ah, uh, prepared to do the job, and we're talking a fifth starter here. Yep. I mean, and the Nationals are lucky that they're going to have two of the worst teams in baseball in their division, in the Phillies and the Braves. Yep. So the NL East is going to be weak again. It's going to be weak.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. So, and uh, yeah, if starters don't have to be, you know, Doug Fister and Edwin Jackson, you know, usually it's way worse than that. So.
1: I hope Doug Fister gets a deal soon. I know he's looking for two years, so hopefully someone gives it
0: to him because he's a good dude. Agreed. Awesome. Uh, so last thing before we dig into questions, uh, spring training broadcast schedule came out, uh, from the nationals.
1: Nothing different than.
0: <laughs> yes, that's accurate. Yep. Uh, nothing different than any previous year. 14 of the 22 or 23 games will be covered in some sort of broadcast medium only seven will be available on the home broadcast Um, pretty standard it's you know a combination of uh, really it's Masson yep being Masson yep and uh, because the the radio guys are there for a vast majority of the of, of spring training so you can't really blame you can't really blame the flagship in this situation they could do more but they're doing a lot right So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that, that there are seven games, uh, during spring training that you won't be able to get any sort of coverage. And I know that a lot of the times the commentators hate it, especially towards the end. And I, and a lot of, and and it doesn't get good ratings and a lot of people don't watch, but you know, you build goodwill from the beginning with fans that want to watch it and then it grows and you make the initial investment and, I know Masson's a huge part of it, but uh, to, for reference, the Cardinals are broadcasting in some manner every single one of their spring training games, including their like opening spring training game against a college. So um, it's frustrating for sure. Um, but remember, if you are an MLB.TV subscriber, there are no spring training blackouts, so you might be able to get Nationals game with the away feed.
1: Yeah, I was actually uh, just about to say... Uh, I'm not at all looking forward to watching a lot of Mets and cardinals and Astros broadcasts yes because no. they'll actually show things
0: yeah they'll actually show the game so that's gonna that's how you have to watch it uh, in order to watch some some national spring training games so it's too bad but uh for the people especially the ones that don't have MLB.tv, to um to watch that because then they really don't have any other recourse there's no mm-hmm. other way to no other way to watch, unfortunately. But
1: and on the bright side, uh, Nats Talk on the Go will be represented represented at spring training in Viera.
0: So that's pretty cool. That is true. Uh, Kurt will be uh, at spring training, so he'll be and and rocking a new Nats Talk on the Go T-shirt that is uh, yet to be debuted. It is fresh to death, and it will not be available for purchase. There will be others available for purchase, right. however. Uh, so any other things before we hit? No, switch? let's dig right in, man. Let's Great go. I'm, I'm gearing
1: up for these awesome questions.
0: Okay. Let me get to the front Ready? Okay. list. Uh, give me a D. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me an I. Where does he end up? Michelle wants to know. Uh, Chicago
1: on the south side.
0: Yeah, I think that's like really the only option left.
1: I think there's one other option and I like that option as well. Uh, I'm not sure it would happen. Uh, and that's Colorado. Yeah, they're probably going to need a shortstop, I guess. They're going to need a shortstop. Yeah. They have the, the thing is they've got, um, they've got a, a pretty decent prospect. I blanking on the name. Maybe our good friend, the Baron, uh, can help us out. Uh, with the Rocky shortstop prospect, but Jose Reyes is not going to start the season. Uh, he is going to be suspended, and I'm okay with that. And I hope it's a long suspension because he deserves it. Um, so I think Ian Desmond would do very well in Colorado. His numbers, they are off the charts. Uh, something was going around the tweeter earlier today. I think his slash line in Colorado
0: starts with a four. So yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. And I, I think it'd be a good landing spot for him um, on that on that kind of note. And he's a guy that hits for power, which that's going to go well there. Um, but the, the Rockies just don't historically spend any money at all. So. It, it it's hard to imagine, but maybe they decide if, well, if if it comes down to it, and it ends up being that kind of pillow type deal, one or two years, then maybe they say, yeah. "Hey, we we need a, a gap to get to our prospect. We'll pay you twenty 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 five million dollars. Come play here." I and mean, he we talk- that, yeah,
1: we've talked that Desi's really only spot was San Diego, and San Diego signed Alexi Ramirez. Yeah, so his market Which, that's is- a bad
0: deal. <laughs> It's yeah, he's not. I'm sorry. He's not very good. Ian Desmond would have mu- been a much better signing. Maybe he wanted more money. I don't know. But
1: yeah. So I, I sadly, uh I think that Ian Desmond is abs- is going to have to just take what he gets. I think I think he missed his chance. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> I think he's either going to have to take a pillow contract for not a lot of money, which no one's going to want to do, or he's just he's just going to have to take three years, 40 million, something like that. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not going to get even close. He's he's not even going to get half of what he is worth or was
0: offered. Um, yeah, I think that's ultimately he's not going to get anywhere close to half what the Nationals offered. It's, no. it's it's very unlikely. He's just unfortunately in a situation of absolutely no leverage at all.
1: Yep, gambled, so. lost. It happens. It happens uh, just like I did on the freaking Powerball.
0: You and uh, hundred million other people. Gosh.
1: Um. Anyway. Uh yeah, I I want to see him go somewhere. I think Colorado would be a good fit. I think I would love to see him break out at Coors Field, but I really think he's going to end up with the White Sox uh so we can hear his home runs accompanied by the most annoying broadcaster in sports.
0: Yeah. Although for the at the beginning of the season, uh former a uh, Nationals uh farmhand broadcaster, Jason Jason Benetti, who is with the Syracuse Chiefs will be taking over in the first half of the season for Hawk Harrelson. Oh, very nice. So that would be a nice little combination.
1: Oh, that is, that is adorable.
0: So, uh, another question from Michelle, uh,
1: who rocked it by the questions tonight. Thank you. What's that? She was wonderful on the questions. She had a lot of good ones.
0: Yes, she did. We got a lot of good ones from a lot of people. Michelle let it off with some great ones though. Uh, what are the odds that the bullpen is set and who fills what roles?
1: I think there's a 0% chance that the bullpen is set. (laughs) Zero percent. Just just because the nature of bullpen's I mean we're talking seven players. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be Well, I was gonna say, so
0: barring injuries, what does your percentage become? Five. Really?
1: Yeah, I mean there's some players and they're like, you know, got he's not assigned a spot. You know, there's a lot of these low dollar signings that you could easily see someone who's brought in on a big league invite throw up a 0.50 0.50 ERA in 12 innings and go north with the team, even if it's just for a week, you know, you really just don't know what's going to happen. There's so many variables and there's still a ton of relievers out there on the market that Rizzo could sign. So I don't think, I don't think it's done. I don't honestly think it's ever going to be done. So.
0: No, I don't think it is either. I do think that Barring any one of the people currently slotted into the bullpen being traded, I think that there's a 75% chance that the bullpen is set. Oh, there you go. Um, Because the 40-man roster is full. Yes. And they've already, you know, DFA'd a couple of guys. Last week they DFA'd who? Uh, Eric Davis and Taylor Hill were DFA'd last week to make space um, for, I don't remember who, but for signings. So I don't remember. For, for people. Yeah. Um, so I think... I this, believe it was Stephen Drew and Daniel Murphy. Yep, those are the ones. Thank you. Because I was like, Ben Revere, nope, that was Drew I don't know. Um, so I think there's a really good chance that the bullpen is, is... Not a really good chance, but better than 50% and definitely up to 75% chance if uh, one of the people currently in the bullpen and looking at you, perhaps... Uh, doesn't get traded. I really think that you're looking at a a bullpen that's going to be the bullpen that barring injury comes north. But like you said, spring training there's always that guy. It feels like every year like I'm There's going to be a
1: Brian Broderick.
0: Oh, shut up. That's exactly yep. the example I was just confused. Yep. I know um, it was. I got it, you, buddy. I got 2011 you. This Brian is why Broderick. people
1: listen to Ugh. Nat's Talk on the Go. That's insane. we can just drop Brian Broderick and yellow card lyrics and Sports Night references All up in everyone's faces.
0: And and a yellow card lyric, man. Come on. Come on. Yep. Uh, Max
1: Duchesne's going to like that
0: one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, So I think it's set. I think Jonathan Papelbon closes. Uh, I think that, again, set-ish. I think Jonathan Papelbon closes. I think uh, Blake Trinan pitches late innings. I think uh, Felipe Rivero might be the eighth inning guy. Um and then beyond that I think there's a lot of I mean you know, also you know, relief.
1: I mean you can't really say the bullpen's set if the rotation's not set because if another yeah. and Roark's going in the pen and then it pushes
0: someone out, so Totally. Yeah. And that and that and that's a really good point. Really, really good point. Um because I think that's I think Roark ends up in the bullpen personally,
1: but Yeah. But um, then you need someone in the rotation, so
0: yeah, that's that's a good point. Yep. Good point. Um, next. Next question. So I'm going to give that one temporarily because I want to nice. finish with it. Um, what is the team going to do with Clint Robinson? Fang wants to know. Keep him for yeah. as long
1: as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. And that's five years.
0: Yeah, because he's he was a rookie at thirty years old, which yeah. you know, is a really good good story, but he's probably never getting a true major league deal. No. He uh, has
1: he has barely over one year of service time. Yeah. Like one point oh four six or something like that. Yeah. So uh, why in the world would you ever do anything with him other than keep him as uh the eventual starting first baseman when Zimmerman gets hurt? Yep.
0: Yeah. And he's he's the new Timo. Yep, he is, <laughs> he's the guy that you and he's just under control forever. But he's left-handed and yep. and can play the same position. So he's like you know he's the new guy that's yep. going to fill that fill that role. Yeah, um, keep him.
1: Uh, I think he's in line for you know another 260, 340, 400 season. You know.
0: Yeah, I and and that's awesome
1: for a, a bench guy that's going to cost you five hundred grand.
0: Yeah, and he is among other guys, but he is a huge part of that bench because at some point this year, if you could, you could bet you're going to need a first baseman for thirty games.
1: Yep, I said. So Zim gets hurt.
0: Yeah, so and and he is a phenomenally uh, qualified backup. Yep. So uh, I I really like just keeping him around as twenty five man roster yep. depth.
1: Why in the world would you ever get rid of? Uh, a left-handed power hitting, you know, guy under team control. Yeah. Forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just keep him until he's not. And like we, like I alluded to, unfortunately for him, he'll, he becomes a free agent at 36. Yep. So that's not, not likely you're getting a big free agent deal at 36. So, um, yeah, so I agree. So uh, Beard wants to know will Ben Revere hit a home run this year? I say yes. I say no. Yeah, I I think he I think he finds a little bit of that uh that spanning out in center field and oh, finds yeah, a way. Think to...
1: He finds some old man strength.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Finds a way to pull it over the right field wall for I mean, it's going to be a wall scraper, but he'll find this a way. This
1: guy played for how long in Philly and didn't hit a home run?
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good point.
1: And that place is so small. In Philly. So yeah. no. Yeah. I, I don't think it happens. Uh actually, hold on. Clarification. He hit 2 in 14. Clarification.
0: In 14 or 15. In 14 he hit 2. He also hit 2 in 15, but I don't know if one of them was in Toronto or not. Okay. Clarification.
1: Would an inside the parker
0: count? Uh I'm going to say no. Okay, well then no. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> if it was, dude's going to get one in if dude's going to get one in Miami.
0: Yeah, that's that would be pretty cool actually.
1: I mean, it's not hard. (laughs) Yeah, if you hit one to center field, just you're running. Just run. I mean, that place is like the polo grounds. It's insane.
0: Yeah, Uh, good point. Yep. Uh, So we'll we got two more, I think. Here, Uh, how Fang wants to know, and I know Craig loved this question. I do. You know, Uh, I do. How do you feel about Daniel Murphy? You being a Spurs fan, and for those of you who don't know, that's not the San Antonio Spurs. That is the Tottenham Hotspur, Tottenham, uh, that in the of the English Premier League. And what Premier League team would the Nationals be? And uh, I know the answer to the second question. You know the
1: answer. Why don't you go ahead and uh, drive it on us?
0: Well, I, we talked about this when. We, Craig and I are, are Everton fans. Yes. And when we decided to be, become Everton fans, because, you know, we do things together, because I'd like to tell you about my best thing. Oh, that's um, good. I like it's that. It's so good. But uh, we felt that the Nationals were very similar to Everton in many ways. In, in the way that the organization was run at the time uh, that we became fans, that it was a lot of focus on young, big-time talent, that you can count on maybe not being around forever. And you occasionally make the big money signing for a, for a big player to kind of pull your roster together and a couple of veteran people, but you rely on good management and good, good play calling and signing really young, talented people and uh, playing a good brand of soccer. So uh, the premier league team would be uh, Everton because that's why we picked them.
1: Yeah, that is why we any, picked them. Any, anything else to add? That's why – well, this is going to shock many people. I put a lot of thought into this question. Nice. Um, And I actually don't think that the Nats are Everton right now.
0: No, just not anymore. I would say
1: at the time. At the time, absolutely. But right now, uh, do you have a change for right now?
0: I haven't had any time to think about it, so go ahead.
1: I have. Um, I see the the Nats as three different Premier League teams. I see them – oh, yeah, dude, I – I went deep,
0: huh?
1: Uh, Arsenal, uh, who are uh, also—I like that one. (laughs) The largest owner uh, is Stan Kroenke, who was mentioned earlier. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Um, But you know, Arsenal, their I guess history, their recent history is they've always, for the last fifteen years, been a good, good team, being in the top of the league, the top, you know, twenty percent, getting those top four positions but never, ever, ever winning anything. So, yes, that sucks, but the Nationals, all the hopes in the world, all the great players in the world, you know, World Series favorites twice, really couldn't close the deal, much like Arsenal has done. Um, and then I said uh, Southampton. Mm-hmm. Southampton has a very solid history, a recent history of developing phenomenal players see Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper and Lucas Giolito and uh, Anthony Rendon and Ryan Zimmerman Ryan Zimmerman and lots of other players so really good depth I mean right before I want to say wow which trade was it was it the Gio Gonzalez trade where the Nationals were rated top system in baseball by Baseball America yes it was so I mean on the field product and depth Southampton and then recently uh, kind of as soon as Steven Strasberg and Bryce Harper came, uh, the Nationals started shelling out some money. It kind of started with, uh, with the beard coming in with Jason Worth coming in, who by the way, I believe only had a goatee when he signed. It's true. It was a baby beard at the time. But since that signing, the Nationals have shelled out some money. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman getting some serious bank and then Max Scherzer. So. That recent influx of cash uh, from the new owners, the learners, uh, some big, big splashes that have surprised many people. Uh, Manchester City.
0: Nice. I figured that's where you were going. With yep.
1: That. Manchester City. Uh, and Daniel Murphy is awful for being a Spurs fan.
0: Um, <laughs> yes. That, that's the most important thing we want to say is that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, no that's... One's... Friends don't let friends be Spurs fans. No, no. It's very
1: Spursy. Um, but if you want to, if you want to, you know, have a good, you know, seven minute span and laugh a bunch, go look up, uh, Ted Lasso on, uh, on the YouTube machine and you'll see some, something about Tottenham and, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm glad he likes soccer. That's pretty cool.
0: But yeah, that, that part I like that part I like, but no, I obviously
1: put a lot of thought into that one. (laughs) Yeah, that was good.
0: That was awesome. I liked, I liked it. Uh, and to to round out, going back to baseball, this is the one that's probably going to get me in some trouble. Oh, excellent! But uh, may, oh, maybe not. I Beard have didn't not...
1: yell at you. Beard didn't yell at you.
0: Oh yeah, yes, Beard did yell at me. Oh, Beard did. just oh. on my personal oh, account. There we go. Good, thank God. Good, very much. Uh, and then, so the final question tonight is from uh, is from Johann. Uh Wants to know if we could if uh, we could trade Harper to another team for their superstar, not including Trout. Who would it be, or would you not make the trade? I would not make the trade. I, I know
1: there is no one, uh, no one at all. There is one I would consider for about point two seconds before saying nope, 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 nope. That would be that the 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 honey badger running away. Yep. The nope gif. Yep. Uh, that's what I would do. Um, so the only player I would even come close to considering would be Chris Bryant. Yeah. That's the a really only good one. one. The only one. And it would be first, second, and I'd be done. And the only reason is because of the years of control. That's it. Yep. That's the only reason. And I, would dis- I wouldn't I would do it.
0: Yeah. I think that um, the thing that makes it compelling – is because of the years you've controlled. Bryce Harper is, only has two years left. And so that's what that's what is concerning. If you If the question didn't say outside of Trout, I just say, well, Mike Trout, and not necessarily because I think Mike Trout is going to be a better player for the next couple of years, but because I think he's going to be a comparable player and he's under team control through 2020. And so that is ultimately why, for, like, super cheap. He's not going to be a comparable player. What's that?
1: He's not going to be a comparable player.
0: Trout and Harper?
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, okay. All
0: right, fine. All right. Well, who do you think I was talking about? Sorry, I thought you were talking about Brian. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, no. 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 no, no. (laughs) Brian's going to be very good, but he's not on that tier. I'm saying if Mike Trout Mm -hmm. was allowed to be considered in this list, I would consider Mike Trout just because I think he's going to be a comparable player to Harper and Mike Trout is under team control through 2020 for cheap. So I would make that trade. Other than that, I can't, I cannot think of a a one for one trade that I would make that would make any sense for the nationals to give up on the next two years. Yeah. Um, I, I do not think that it makes sense. Now, If I really gave it some time and I I thought to make a trade, you know, some sort of trade that was Bryant, Schwarber, and Rizzo or something, like, I'd make that trade. But as a one-for-one superstar for superstar, outside of Trout, I don't make that trade. No, me
1: Neither. Me There's Like like I said, uh, 0.2 seconds, and then I'd be like, nope, 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 nope. Do you make
0: it for Trout? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I, oh,
1: I wanted to no question. make sure that we were on the same page there. Yeah. Love Mike Trout. He's, yeah. Uh, as as amazing as Harper was this year, I still think Trout is the best player in baseball.
0: Um, oh, I agree. I yeah, think he's... I, he's Bryce Harper is going to be very good for a very long time. And he had an historically good year in 2015. Yes. But that does not mean he's going to have one in 16 or 17 or 18. You know, I, I, I think he'll still be very good. But can he possibly be as good as he was this year? I don't know. And And Trout's been that for four straight years. Exactly. Exactly. He's been that good for more years and is um, so cheap.
1: I know we've had this conversation a couple times offline. Um, I think Mike Trout is about three years away, if that, two, two and a half, if I'm being honest, two and a half years away from being a Hall of Fame lock.
0: Oh, I completely agree.
1: Like six six and a half seasons of Mike Trout, a lock for the Hall yeah. of Fame. Not not a, you know, get in on the ninth ballot, not a get yeah. in
0: on the third ballot. No, a lock. Yeah. Hall I oh I completely players. agree. Completely agree. He's so, he's that good. So off the top of your head, is there another player under thirty that you would put on that list that is already there? That is a Hall of Famer? Because I can think of one. Clayton Kershaw. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, uh, <laughs> no question. Clayton Kershaw could retire right now, yep. and would be in the Hall of Fame. I, I would put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yep. Uh. So yeah, that's it. We rounded out the list. Thanks for all the awesome questions, you guys. Know I know, the, uh, like, it's they. Our our listeners just do our do half of our work for us.
1: Seriously, Great. I don't know why you guys could just like. Do these in Twitter conversations. I'm glad you guys
0: listen to us ramble. Yeah, exactly, because the questions are really great. And so uh if you've got questions, send them over. We try to answer every question we possibly can within the hour ish that we that we have available. Uh but I got nothing else. Are you uh are you all wrapped up? Anything you want to add before we uh have uh, have Josh Nelson and uh and his band play us off? Uh how is the pizza? Uh, it's. I have w- this one little sliver that I was about to take a bite of, so I'm glad I didn't because then nice. I would have pizza in my mouth. But nice. it's, uh, it's, it was good. Well, nice. Good. That's good. It was uh, good. One
1: more thing to close out the show. What signing or trade happens in the next, like, 45 minutes? <laughs> uh,
0: I think we break the curse tonight. I don't think the national will
1: make a signing. I don't think so either, but – if not, it's going to be the Nationals trade. Tanner Roach for Mike Trout.
0: <laughs> nice. That's nice. a good trade. I like that, that trade. Is, it's a great good. trade. It's good. I you, you know, both teams. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Nat's Talk On The Go. For more information, check us out on the web at www.natstalkonthego.com
1: or contact the guys at Nat's Talk On The Go on Twitter. If you like what you heard, take a minute to rate the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Go Nats!